every year I play a little game. I try to see how I can maintain or grow my business while working fewer and fewer hours in it. It's really fun. It's really important to me. I want to be as efficient as possible. Now, it might be a little crazy, but if you follow my content, you know that working less is a huge part of what I teach. And so what I want to give you today are three simple rules you can follow and should follow if you want to work less in your business this year while growing your income and your impact and your enjoyment of your business. Let's discuss. Episode 89 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, yes, we're going to be talking about that today, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Honored that you'd spend some of your time with me today. I promise, since you're not working right now, hopefully you're listening, I promise to make this time valuable for you and that you'll see a lot of return on your investment of a few minutes with me today. We're going to get into my three rules Uh, if you want to work less in your business. Super practical today. But little caveat before we jump in here. I talk about working less a lot, but I think it gets misunderstood. Don't mishear me. I'm not against work. I'm not against hard work. I actually come from a Christian background, Christian worldview, which elevates work. If you read the Bible, you can see very clearly that God esteems work. In fact, he gave Adam and Eve work in the garden in paradise in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 before everything fell apart in Genesis chapter 3. So work is not a curse. In some religions, it's kind of billed as a curse. Work in the Christian religion is actually a gift. It's actually good for you. It actually feels good. And you know that instinctively, right? You know it feels good to do a job well. It feels good to build a product and to offer it to somebody and it helps people. It feels good to have an amazing webinar, right? It feels good to just even do a a podcast episode like this or a video where people love it and and you know it made a difference. Work feels good. Accomplishing feels good. It's in our DNA. It's the way God designed us. I'm not opposed to work. I'm opposed to wasting time. I can't stand wasting time. And most of what we call work is a waste. And the number of hours we spend on our work is very inefficient. So it's, it's, an inflated view of how many hours we work. Oh, I work 60 hours. Probably not. You were probably in the office for 60 hours, away from your family for 60 hours, but it's probably unrealistic and unfair to call all 60 of those hours true work. There's a lot of waste in there. People don't like to hear that, but that's the, that's the secret beneath all the stuff we're going to be talking about to working less. So just so you know, I'm all for work. I just want to do meaningful work, intentional work work that truly moves my business forward and truly helps people. I don't want to spend my time doing stuff that's kind of not moving the needle. And that's true as a self-employed person, and that is true when you work for somebody else. I don't know how many people are wasting hours in an office trying to look busy and stay busy, but are they doing anything that truly moves the business forward? I don't know. So that's a little preface. And also, before we jump into the three official rules, I want to give you a bonus rule. The best way to work less and to maintain a greater business is to have passive income. I talk about it a lot, so you could have seen that coming. If you have a service-based business, you are trading hours for dollars. Now, not a bad thing, but there is a finite cap to how much money you can make for your time. So if you need more money, 
you either have to raise your rates, which you probably can. Most people undercharge, so there's usually more room than you think. But at some point, raising your rates can only get you so far. You have to take on more clients, and that eats up your time. So you hit a ceiling. So if you're in a service-based business, either jump ship and go for a passive income style business like what I run, or consider adding a passive income element to what you do. Super important. Either way, passive income is a bonus, bonus trick and rule to creating more income while working less. And I want to give you a tool to help you create passive income. There's four components that create passive income in the in this most beautiful business model I've ever discovered that I run both of my businesses on. And so I, I've got a workshop that walks you through these four components, how they fit together, what tools, both cheap and free to use, and then like literally templates and scripts you can copy or swipe to implement into your own business so you can build the actual business model that I'm running two businesses on and the goal of this workshop is to help you create $1,000 a month, your first $1,000 a month of passive income in just 30 minutes a day. So if you have more than 30 minutes a day, great for you. But if you're busy working a lot, like a lot of people, then all you need is 30 minutes a day to get this thing off the ground. That's about three hours a week. Not hard to come up with that. So I've tried to make it as simple as possible. It's a free workshop. It's 45 minutes, super didactic, full of good stuff right? No fluff, just here's what you do. And I want to give it to you as a gift for listening to this episode. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop, or if you're watching on YouTube, I'll link to it below in the description. It's my passive income workshop. All right, let's get into the rules. Um, I'm going to go with probably easiest to hardest, or I'll say most easiest to implement quicker, fastest to implement to slowest to implement. How about that? Maybe none of these are easy for you and everyone's on a different spectrum of what's easy and what's hard. Rule number one, no email in the morning. Just stop. Stop with that nonsense. Why are you checking email in the morning? Why are you checking email first thing? Yes, I'm talking to you. Like either you check it first thing like literally, some of you check it before you get out of bed. What are you doing? But let's just assume that you're a good little boy or girl and you don't check your phone, don't check your email, don't check social, don't check any of that stuff until you get in the office. If you get in the office and you sit down in your chair and the sun's shining through and you've got your cup of coffee and you're feeling fresh and you are ready to tackle the day, why in the name of our Lord and Savior would you open up your inbox? Why? If you're a business owner, this is like the worst thing you could do. I mean, this is probably bad for anybody, but especially if you work for yourself. When you open up your inbox, you know what you will find inside? <laughs> you will find a laundry list of demands from other people. Your little mini bosses. Customers who are complaining about something, who want a refund, who didn't get their download, who can't remember how to log into your Kajabi backend so they can get access to your product someone who wants to sell you something, someone who wants to do a guest post, uh, someone on your team who needs something from you. I mean, all of, all of them are requests. All of them are to-do to lists that are hidden inside of an email. And ironically, that's why a lot of people open up their inboxes like, well, I need to know what to do today. If, if you don't know what to do today, you got a problem. If you... If you want to just do what other people tell you to do all day, 
Are you really in business for yourself or are you just working for all these other people? You gotta ask yourself these hard questions. That's fundamentally and functionally what you're doing when you open your inbox. You're like, all right, people, tell me how I should start my day. Help I, I wanna lose the next three to four hours of my day doing whatever you want. I am your employee, basically. Tell me what to do. It's, it's, it's a rough, rough way to start the day. Even if, and don't hear me wrong, even if the things in your inbox are important, let's just assume that they're all important, they're must-dos, why would you start your day by doing errands for somebody else? You'll never get ahead on the things that you really need to, as a business owner, to be implementing to grow your business. Shouldn't you be building a new course? Shouldn't you be writing some epic sales copy to sell your course? What about tweaking your sales funnel, your email funnel, so that it converts more? What about filming another great video for your YouTube channel to get more leads? What about connecting with somebody whose podcast you can be on or whose channel you can guest post on? Like all of that stuff is way more important than opening up your inbox and just doing what people tell you to do. So one reason, this is where I'm going with this, one reason you're working a lot and one way you could work less is to stop opening your email first thing in the morning. And instead, when you get in your office, do the most important thing you need to do before lunch. Likely, unless you're a weird night owl, and I don't mean weird, that's not fair because I'm a night owl, but I, I've learned to function in a nine to five environment. I'll just say that. Likely, you're freshest at nine in the morning or 10 or eight or whenever you come in. You're freshest first thing in the morning because you just had a good night's sleep. You're not mentally tired yet because the work we do is mental work, right? You're on a computer, let's just even forget the physiolog physiological problems with blue light from a screen, but you're, you're thinking, you're writing, you're responding. It's not exhaustion like physical labor. Like I've had physical labor jobs, right? Where I'm doing like construction and I can't do construction, but I'm like carrying things for guys that can do construction. I would come home from that job exhausted, right? Carrying doors and windows and loading them on like uh, trucks, like exhausting physically. That doesn't happen to me anymore, thank God. But you know what, I'm exhausted mentally. So four hours dealing with stuff on a computer, you're, you're more tired than you were at the beginning of the day. So why are you gonna give your best self to your inbox and your worst self to the stuff you need to be doing to grow your business? When you're tired, you're gonna work slower, you're gonna be less effective. So if you come in after lunch and you're like, all right, now I'm gonna write that sales copy. Oh, now I gotta film some episodes for my podcast. Now I've got to build out the back end for my new product in Kajabi. You're gonna be way inefficient. It's gonna take you forever and you're just gonna have to tap out because you're tired. Do the most important stuff in the morning when you're freshest. Or if that's not your time, find the time where you are freshest and do that. But don't do email first. It'll send you off in a million directions. And it's the problem with email too is it never is empty. That's why inbox zero is just a pointless concept. Don't ever try to get to inbox zero because it doesn't exist, right? Don't If you've ever, if you've ever done it, you know what I'm talking about. You get to inbox zero, it's all clean. You're about to close out of that tab and then someone responds to one of your emails. You're like, no, no, I don't want to see it, right? You're like Brian Regan in his sketch on the first class on the airplane where they got the curtain between first class and coach and he's like, snap the curtain shut. I don't want to even see them in my periphery. That's the first class people speaking. Uh, that's kind of how I feel when I see emails come in after I just cleared my inbox. I don't even see them in my periphery. I don't even want to know that they're there because it will haunt me the rest of the day because I never actually got to inbox zero because you can't. So don't do inbox zero. It's not satisfying and it's impossible. My whole point is it expands, right? 
Parkinson's law, work expands to give it the space and time you, you, you give it or to fill the space and time you give it. Email, email expands. The number of hours it takes to be in your inbox expands. So do not start in the morning or it'll creep into the rest of your day and you won't get stuff done. Simple rule, just stop checking email in the morning. You can check right after lunch. You'll be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. Okay, it's gonna be fine. Trust me. If you don't believe me, do it for a week and see how the world doesn't fall apart. And if you hate it, you can go back to doing what you're doing. But I'm telling you, it's 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 screwing up your ability to be hyper productive. Rule number two, batch communication. Batch, batch, batch communication. That includes email. And that includes texts. That includes WhatsApp, Slack, whatever message, Facebook Messenger, whatever you use. If you have a, a even a, a membership site and you have a community that you run and you want to be in the community, like my membership, six-figure coaching community. I'm in there just about every day when I'm in the office. Uh, and I want to be in there regularly, answering questions, celebrating people's wins, starting conversations, just or just seeing like what my members are up to. I love seeing what they're up to. All of that, though, is unending. Unending. Just like email. So to protect yourself and to function at a high level, you have to batch. Every high performer I know does this. Okay? So you get to decide what that batching looks like, but the concept is very simple. For me... I don't like to have my I don't like to have my email open, so I don't always see it. I don't have any push notifications on my phone other than text messages. But even then, I'll either sometimes go to a do not disturb mode or I'll put my phone away. Or even if I get a text like on my Apple Watch or something, I'll just ignore it. Like I, I'm good at ignoring stuff unless I see it's my wife, then maybe I'll respond. But if I'm in like a work block and I'm just like, I want to write this copy or I want to film this video, or like right now, I'm filming a video, recording a podcast for you. I'm not going to obviously stop and respond to a text. But this this is no different than if I'm drafting up some sales copy or writing an important promotional email. I'm not going to, a text comes in, I'm not going to go, oh, I'm, I want to stay focused, right? So I don't want to have the interruptions. So if you don't want to have the interruptions, you know you have to respond to people, phone calls, text. You have to get in your community, right? That's that's important. I get it. So create a time for it. Create a space for it. Where are you going to batch it? So for me, I'll start with email, let's say. Email, I, like I said, I don't check first thing in the morning. I come in, I do something, the most important thing. Like this morning, I got in, the first thing I did was film an episode, right? So, so important. So do something, and then I usually have email where I check it. I check email once a day, once a day. If that sounds crazy, start start with twice a day. But choose some times when you're going to check email. So it could be like lunch break or right after lunch, and it could be right before you end the workday at four or five or whatever. But schedule time that's going to be your batch email time. Same thing with the text. Like you could say, I'm going to respond to all my texts at lunch and then at the end of the workday. You could say, I'm going to be in my community for 30 minutes every day and I'm going to pick the time. Instead of just checking in throughout the day, like just batch respond to some people, batch engage. No one can tell the difference. If you're popping in a community once a day for 20 minutes, it feels the same as if you're always in there getting notifications, responding every time something comes. No one can tell the difference because they see timestamps of like, oh, he was in there yesterday and today. And like, you're always there. But in reality, you've got it batched. 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And set timers. Like literally set timers. I will tell the little woman on my phone, I don't want to say her name or she'll start talking to me. I will tell the little woman in my phone to set a timer for a certain amount of time. When I set my email, open up my email, I have a timer going. When I'm doing, responding to YouTube comments, I have a timer going. When I'm getting into my community, I have a timer going. So I have a hard cutoff. I do as much as I can. 
And yeah, if I'm in the middle of something and I really want to wrap it up, I'll, I'll ignore the timer. But still, there's that, that sort of pressure and really intentional awareness of, I can't let this go on for the rest of the afternoon. And of course, you never say it's going to go on for the rest of the afternoon, but it could. It could because it expands. So batching communications is huge. Um, if you're in a position where you have to be on the phone a lot, whether it's closing deals or, or with your team, if you interact with your team a lot, it's, it's going to look different, but you still have to decide when you're going to have that time for batch communication. So set some parameters, figure out what's realistic for you and everyone involved, but try to cram them all together. If you have calls, try to do back-to-back calls instead of calls interrupting your day throughout the day. Does that make sense? Batch communication. So simple, simple. Rule number two. And the, the, the reason why batching works, in case you're just still unsure as to why this is so important, is you're more efficient. Because you're doing two things. You're getting rid of interruptions throughout your day. And every time you get interrupted or you allow yourself to get distracted, it takes on average of 20 minutes to get back mentally to where you were. So a one-minute interruption, a one-second interruption could, in theory, slow you down by 20 minutes. You lose time because now you got to, where, where was I? What was I focusing on again? Those interruptions are costly. And two, when you're batching, just like anything else you batch, you're more efficient because you're not starting and stopping the actual activity itself. So if you're just in the mode, like in your community responding, just firing off, you get more efficient and it speeds up how much you can get done at a period of time because you're not starting and stopping the task. So interruptions you avoid and you avoid having to start and stop the task that you're trying to do fast. That's why batching actually makes things faster. And then I will say with a timer on the batch, the third final thing that it does, the timer puts a cap on it. It really puts a limit on it because most of these activities, these communications, text, emails, community interactions, responding to social media comments, all that stuff, unending, unending. It's very rare that you get through everything, right? Where you're like, all right, I responded to everybody. But again, it's just like inbox zero. In five minutes, someone else is going to leave a comment or send you a DM or send you an email. So you have to just work with reality and not this this hope that I hope I could get through all of it. Like that's just not, you're not ever going to get through all of it. It's an unending thing. So reality is you're a big boy, you're a big girl. So set a time limit on how much time you're going to give it and then move on with your day. And that allows you to make sure you're doing these things like email and getting back to people, maybe checking your YouTube comments if that's important, but you're not filling your whole day with them. Make sense? Okay. Third and final rule. And I think this is probably going to be the hardest one or slowest one for people to implement. And that is eliminate or outsource everything that is not essential to audience or income growth. That was a mouthful. I'll say it again. Rule number three, eliminate or outsource everything that is not essential to audience or income growth. Let's start with the end and work backwards. Audience growth and income growth are generally all that matters if you want to make money. Income growth are things like sending out a promotional email, doing a webinar that leads to promotional emails and launching something, doing collaborations and affiliate promotions, building a new product, writing sales copy for that product, adding upsells in your Kajabi backend, creating higher tiers of your price point, testing out different prices, working on your main email funnel, like all of that leads to income growth because you're promoting, you're increasing prices or you're finding ways to add more value or you're, you're pitching more often or you're 
pitching someone else's product or getting in front of someone else's audience to promote your stuff too. So like those are the obvious, like do those things. Those are very essential to actually making more money. Two, and this is one of the ones that gets missed, audience growth is so important. You need people to sell to, right? How are you going to sell your product if you aren't bringing in new people, new leads? I've seen this before too, where people have a really good business and then after a couple of years, they get they get a little lazy on 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 content and audience growth. So they're not bringing in new leads. And what they have is maybe a big email list or a big like, community, but it's the same people that they're selling to over and over again. And at some point, those people either own everything or have decided not to buy your thing and they've seen all your pitch and they're not they're not interested. So then your income slows down. It the problem is it's a lagging it's a lagging indicator. So your income won't necessarily go down if your audience growth goes down. Eventually, it will but not right away. So you can think, oh, I don't need to do videos. I don't need to keep doing this podcast. Huh. I don't need to keep writing my blog. Like I've got a great email list and all I'm going to do is just promote to them. That works for a little bit. But then eventually those people get burned out from all your promoting and they've already been pitched everything. So you don't have an opportunity to sell something to someone new. And statistically, the people who are more likely to buy, other than people who have bought something before and don't know about your new thing, are new people who just found you and who love you. That's why you want to promote in your email funnel. So audience growth and income growth are all you should really be concerned about. The only difference would be if you have a team. I'm thinking of my wife right now. She has a team of six, maybe seven ladies. Her focus, while as a CEO, is income growth. A lot of her day-to-day is culture and team building, pouring into her team. So that's how she gets the job of income growth and audience growth is she pours into her people who are doing a lot of the work. So somewhat nuanced and semantics, but you see that that's the important work. Uh, that's essential. Most everything else is not essential and falls into one of two categories, something you should either eliminate entirely because it literally is pointless for you to be doing. It's not helping the business. Or it is important for the business. It's not direct to audience or income growth. So it needs to be done, but you don't have to do it. So one of the easiest ways to work less is to have other people work for you. Now, I'm not a fan of having lots of people work for you just to make yourself feel cool that you have lots of people working for you. I'm too pragmatic and too independent to want lots of people working for me. But I, I've learned the hard way over, over the years that like there are things that I shouldn't be doing. I don't need to be doing. And they aren't moving the ball down the field, but they're taking up time. There's just no way around them. So let's start with eliminate because you always want to eliminate before you delegate, right? So, and I love Tim Ferriss's sort of model in the four hour work week. You know, he would say eliminate, automate, delegate. So get rid of things that you can get rid of. And then things you can't get rid of, can a computer program or a robot do it? Great. Let's do that. And then if it's something that can't be automated and can't be eliminated, well then delegate it or outsource it to somebody else. And that's a great model to flow. Eliminate, automate, delegate. But let's start with eliminate because this is what's so hard is, and the way to do this is just like the way to lose weight initially is to start tracking what you eat, like a food diary of like an app that tracks your food and your calories. Like it's just enlightening to go like, whoa, I ate that many calories today. Whoa, I don't even remember. Like that's crazy. You just kind of see it. Same thing with finances. Like not that tracking your spending leads to wealth, but it is a beginning of an awareness and awareness is the key to any kind of life change. So tracking your calories, tracking your spending, going, whoa, I spent that much at Starbucks in the last month? That's crazy. I spent that much on you know, movies, downloads. I spent that much on, like I don't know, clothing. It's awareness. We just don't know. So 
I think it's the same with your business. Before you can eliminate, I think you start to need to track everything you do. Like, what do you do? And, and if you don't know, start today. What did you do today? Every task and just bullet. Checked email, did some customer service. I got back to this person. I created a thumbnail from a video. I uploaded something to YouTube. I, I set my podcast, uploaded it to Libsyn. I, like whatever it is, just bullet everything you did today and then bullet everything for the next seven days. Next business week, let's just say. Five days, then hopefully, because hopefully you're not working seven days. Just bullet down and in a doc somewhere, everything you do, every task you do. And if you really want real world data, give it a month. Because there's things that happen cyclically once or twice a month that maybe you haven't done in a couple of weeks, but they'll come back around. When you see that list of things that you do, and that has to include everything, liking someone's comment on your Instagram post, responding to DMs, sitting in a Facebook group and watching people complain about their life or their business, watching people on Insta stories like show off how awesome their life is. I mean, that still counts of things you did that day. So write down everything. Don't, don't shortchange yourself in this process. So that awareness will be important. And then once you have that list of things that you're, you're doing every day or every week or every month, and you kind of have like a relatively complete list, I want you to circle the things that you can honestly say are essential to audience and income growth. If you're not sure, put a question mark next to it. But if you're 100% sure, like, yes, writing that email to promote to my list, right, circle that, you know that. Yes, recording a podcast, circle that. That leads to audience growth, right? If you're unsure, put a question mark. And then the ones, and this is so hard, I want you to look at the ones that are left. Like, can you, can you be honest with yourself and, and look at that list and say, does this actually help my business? If you, can't, if you can't prove it to yourself, if you don't have any substantial evidence that that task or that thing you do or thing you're doing truly moves your business forward, income growth or audience growth, I want you to put a star next to it or you know an X next to it or whatever as a task that you need to eliminate. Okay? Every business is different, so I'm not going to tell you what those things are. But I'm going to give you a hint. There are lots of tasks that you see people doing and talking about that maybe feel good to be a part of, or they don't feel good, but you feel the pressure that you need to be doing them, but you actually, in your heart, don't actually know how that helps your business. One of those things for many businesses, and I would say most, not all, but most, and I want to challenge you with this, one of those things is social media. I think there is way overemphasis on social media as being an audience builder and a income builder when it's really hardly either of those. It's certainly not an income builder for most businesses, and it's barely an audience builder, barely for most businesses. Now, some businesses get their leads from Instagram. Totally get it. So again, you have to figure this out, but I want you to think like this. This is the, the hard job of being a CEO, and that's what you are. You're the chief executive officer of your company, no matter how small it is. You need to have the maturity and the awareness to make distinctions on what you do every day. And you have to have the guts to be able to say, 
can I eliminate this? And, and ask yourself, could you really eliminate it? If you come to the conclusion that you cannot eliminate it, but you know that it's a time suck and you can prove to yourself, you don't have to prove to me. I don't, I'm not your, your dad or your big brother or your boss. So you do whatever you need to do. But if you can prove to yourself that it is essential to income and audience growth, but it is becoming a time suck or you don't like doing it, then it probably falls into like an outsource category, you know? And that could be email customer service, right? Outsource. That could be social media posting. Outsource. That could mean um, like surveying your, your audience, like combing through every comment and looking for trends. That could be some of the analytics on your videos to see what keywords you're performing. Like, There's a lot of things that are important that you don't have to be doing. You could have an assistant do a lot of that for you to give you the data, to keep you in the loop, to clean your inbox, to be a, a gatekeeper between you and the world in a healthy way. You don't want to be closed off from your, your audience. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what I'm saying. Those are great things that could be outsourced. Are you still doing your thumbnails and it's taking you forever? Maybe you shouldn't be doing your thumbnails. Are you still editing your podcast and it takes you three hours? Not a great use of your time. But you can't eliminate editing your podcast, so hire somebody else to do it. This is the kind of thought process I want you to go through. That's why I say it's a little bit slower, a little bit harder to get through. But I want you to go through that list and know what is essential to audience and income growth and what's not. Eliminate the things that are not and then the things that are essential but you just don't want to be doing or you're not good at or they are a big time suck and they're not the most important thing you could be doing, outsource. And you can use tools like Upwork or Fiverr or any of these places to hire somebody um, on a small time basis. Hire them for 90 days to do a certain task in your business and see if there's a relationship there. Very, very easy to get something going. And you might have to go through a couple of people until you find the right person, but this is not hard. Don't let that friction of, oh, I don't really, I've never hired anybody. I know it's, I know it's scary, but don't let that friction slow you down because ultimately these three rules are essential for you being able to work less. Essential. And you, you're going to keep spinning your wheels doing the same thing if you don't make a change. If you keep opening your email first thing in the morning, you're gonna you're gonna be a taskmaster, to you know, slave to the taskmaster of, of of your inbox of what everybody wants out of you, and it's gonna fill up your day. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's lunch. I haven't even done anything yet, right? Or two, if you're not batching communication, you're gonna get interrupted all day long. Oh, text. Oh, message. Oh, email. Oh, this. You're gonna have to start and stop. Start and stop. You're gonna to have to, you're gonna get so off the momentum that getting focused again, you're gonna lose hours. You're losing hours. And then you're not your most present self. So your work won't even be that excellent. Imagine the sales copy you're writing if you're interrupted every 10 minutes. It's not gonna be good. And then third, you can't work less if you keep doing all the things. But don't assume that you need to outsource everything. I would start with what can you just stop doing? I'm not a fluke, so I don't think this is a fluke, but in the last eight to 10 months, I haven't been on social media. It's been actually nine months. As of today, it's been about nine months. I have not even gotten into social media, and my business has quadrupled during that time period. I could have been spending a lot of time on social media, and turns out it's not a driver of growth. It's just a thing to do. Is it a bad thing? No. Is it fun sometimes? Sure. If you love social media, should you keep doing it? Yeah, great. But be honest, does it really drive your business? Probably not. Now, the world tries to tell you that it does. We're in a social media obsessed world. We think that that's the place to be. It is a place to be, 
But I'm telling you, it's not the place to be to grow your business. So much easier to grow your business if you have evergreen content, an email system, like it's hands off. And it's, it lasts forever. You do the work once, you do the video once, and it serves you forever. So powerful. Scaling your time. We, we're getting off topic. Content marketing. I'm not trying to bash social media, but that is an example of a time suck. So those are my three rules if you want to work less. And I'd be curious to know, after going through this little episode, which of those rules do you think will be the hardest for you? Which of these three rules do you think will be the hardest for you to follow? And why do you think that is? Leave me a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. It's just a good discussion starter. Be honest with yourself. It's okay. We're all going to struggle with different ones. For me, outsourcing, very hard. Eliminating, not so much. Outsourcing, I struggle with that. And I've struggled. It, it took me a long time to make my first hire. I've seen the benefit of it, but I still am like, a, I got to do it myself kind of guy. So that's how I would respond. Rule number three, eliminate or outsource everything that's not essential. There's things that I sometimes still do that are not essential that I haven't outsourced. So that's my struggle. What about you? Leave a comment below. And if you're like, I need to start creating some passive income so I can free up more of my time and even work on some of these rules and you want passive, you want that system, you want automatic income, then go through my workshop. It will blow your mind, super practical, and it's free. And it's going to walk you through the four components and everything you need to create $1,000 a month or more of passive income in just 30 minutes a day. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. I'll be in there ready to help you out, give you a ton of notes, and uh, hopefully give you some stuff to take action on in the coming months. I'm going to link to it below if you're watching on YouTube as well. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. It means a ton. Hope you're having a great day and a great start to the new year. And we'll see you on another episode real soon. Thank you.